Section 31 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2, by Chiao Xuting. Translated by Henry Bancroft Jolie. Chapter 40, Part 2. Okudi Liu watched Li Wen and Lady Feng sit opposite each other and eat. Putting everything else aside, she signed, What most takes my fancy is the way things are done in your mansion. It isn't to be wondered at that the adage has it that propriety originates from great families. Don't be too touchy, Lady Feng hastily smiled. We all make fun of you just now. But barely had she done speaking when Yuan Yang too walked in. Oh, good Liu, she said laughingly, don't be angry. I tender you my apologies, venerable dame. What are you saying, miss? Oh, good Liu rejoined, smiling. We have caused our dowager lady to get a little distraction, and what reason is there to be angry? From the very first moment you spoke to me, I knew at once that it was intended to afford merriment to you all. Had I been angry at heart, I wouldn't have gone so far as to say what I did. Yuan Yang then blew up the servants. Why, she shouted, don't you pour a cup of tea for the old dame? That sister-in-law promptly explained old Goody Liu, gave me a cup a little while back. I've had it already. But you, miss, must also have something to eat. Lady Feng dragged Yuan Yang into a seat. Have your meal with us, she said. You will thus save another fuss by and by. Yuan Yang readily seated herself. The matrons came up and added to the number of bowls and chopsticks, and the trio went through their meal. From all I see, smiled Goody Liu, you people eat just a little and finish. It's lucky you don't feel the pangs of hunger. But it isn't astonishing if a whiff of wind can puff you over. A good many eatables remained over the day. Where are they all gone to? Yun Yang inquired. They haven't as yet been apportioned. The matrons responded. They're kept in here until they can be given in a lump to them to eat. They can't get through so many things, Yun Yang resumed. You had as well, therefore choose two bowls and send them over to that girl, Ping, in your mistress Secunda's rooms. She has had her repast long ago, Lady Feng put in. There is no need to give her any. With what she can't eat herself, Yuan Yuan continued, she can feed the cats. At these words, a matron lost no time in selecting two sorts of eatables, and taking the box, she went to take them over. Where's Xu Yuan gone to? Yuan Yuan asked. They're all in here, having their meal together, Li Wen replied. What do you want her for again? Well, in that case, never mind, Yuan Yuan answered. Jiren isn't here, Lady Feng observed. So tell someone to take her a few things. Yuan Yuan, hearing this, directed a servant to send her also a few eatables. Have the petition boxes been filled with wine for, by and by? Yuan Yuan went on to ask the matrons. They'll be ready, I think, in a little while, a matron explained. 
Hurry them up a bit, Yuan Yang added. The matron signified her assent. Lady Feng and her friends then came into Tan Chun's apartments, where they found the ladies chatting and laughing. Tan Chun had ever shown an inclination for plenty of room. Hence, that suite of three apartments had never been partitioned. In the center was placed a large table of rosewood and dali marble. On this table were laid in a heap every kind of copy slips written by persons of note. Several tens of variable ink slabs and various specimens of tubes and receptacles for pens figured also about. The pens in which were as thickly packed as trees in a forest. On the off side stood a flower bowl from the Ru Kiong, as large as a bushel measure. In it was placed, till it was quite full, a bunch of white chrysanthemums, in appearance like crystal balls. In the middle of the west wall was suspended a large picture representing vapor and rain, the handiwork of Mi Xiangyang. On the left and right of this picture was hung a pair of antithetical scrolls, the autograph of Yan Lu. The lines on these strolls were Wild scenes are to the taste of those who leisure love, and strings and rookeries are their rustic resort. On a table figured a large tripod. On the left stood on a blackwood cabinet a huge bowl from a renowned government kiln. This bowl contained about ten Buddha's hands of beautiful yellow and fine proportions. On the right was suspended on a Japanese liquid frame a white jade sonorous plate. Its shape resembled two eyes, one by the side of the other. Next to it hung a small hammer. Bang Er had become a little more confident and was about to seize the hammer and beat the plate when the waiting maids hastened to prevent him. Next, he wanted a Buddha's hand to eat. Tan Chen chose one and let him have it. You may play with it, she said, but you can't eat it. On the east side stood a sleeping divan. On a movable bed was hung a leek green gauze curtain, ornamented with double embroideries, representing flowers, plants, and insects. Bang Er ran up to have a look. This is a green cicada, he shouted. This is a grasshopper. But Ogutu Liu promptly gave him a slap. You mean scamp, she cried. What an awful rumpus you are kicking up. I simply brought you along with me to look at things. And lo, you put on airs. And she beat Bang Er until he burst out crying. It was only after everyone quickly combined in, using their efforts to solace him, that he at length desisted. Oli Dija then looked through the gauze casement into the back court for some time. The triandra trees by the eaves of the covered passage are growing all right, she remarked. The only thing is that their foliage is rather sparse. But while she passed this remark, a sudden gust of wind swept by and faintly on her ear fell the strains of music. In whose house is there a wedding? Olidija inquired. This place must be very near the street. How could one hear what's going on in the street? Madame Wong and the others smiled. 
is our twelve girls practicing on their wind and string instruments? As they are practicing, Dowager Lady Cha eagerly cried, smilingly, Why not ask them to come in here and practice? They will be able to have a stroll also, while we, on our part, will derive some enjoyment. Upon hearing this suggestion, Lady Feng immediately directed a servant to go out and call them in. She further issued orders to bring a table and spread a red cover over it. Let it be put, Lady Jia chimed in, in the water pavilion of the Lotus Fragrance Arbor, for the music will borrow the ripple of the stream and sound ever so much more pleasant to the ear. We can, by and by, drink our wine in the Jin Hall, will thus have ample room and be able to listen from close. Everyone admitted that the spot was well adapted. Dowager Lady Jia turned herself towards Mrs. Shear. Let's get ahead, she laughed. The young ladies don't like anyone to come in here, for fear lest the quarters should get contaminated. So don't let us show ourselves disregardful of their wishes. The right thing would be to go and have our wine aboard one of those boats. As she spoke, one and all rose to their feet. They were making their way out when Tan Chun interposed. What's this that you are saying? She smiled. Please do sit yourselves, Venerable Senior, and you, Mrs. Sher, and Madame Wong. You can't be going yet. These three girls of mine are really nice. There are only two mistresses that are simply dreadful, Dowager Lady Jia said smilingly. When we get drunk shortly, we will go and sit in their rooms and have a lark. These words evoked laughter from everyone. In the body, they quitted the place, but they had not proceeded far before they reached the bank covered with aquatic plants, to which place the boat women who had been brought from Wusu had already punted two crabwood boats. Into one of these boats, they had only the Jia, Madame Wang, Mrs. She, Ogudi Liu, Yun Yang, and Yue Chuanor. Last in order, Li Wen followed on board, but Lady Feng too stepped in, and standing up on the bow, she insisted upon punting. Dowager Lady Jia, however, remonstrated from her seat in the bottom of the boat. This isn't a joke, she cried. We're not on the river, it's true, but there are some very deep places about, so be quick and come in. Do it for my sake. What's there to be afraid of? Lady Feng laughed. Compose your mind with the ancestor. Saying this, the boat was pushed off with one shove. When it reached the middle of the lake, Lady Feng became nervous, for the craft was small and occupants many, and hastily handing the pole to a boatwoman, she squatted down at last. Ying Chun, her sisters, their cousins, as well as Bao Yu, subsequently got on board the second boat and followed in their track while the rest of the company, consisting of old nurses and a bevy of waiting maids, kept pace with them along the bank of the stream. All these broken lotus leaves are dreadful, Bao Yu shouted. Why don't you yet tell the servants to pull them off? When was this garden left quiet during all the days of this year? Bao Chai smiled. Why? People have come, day after day, to visit it. So was there ever any time? to tell the servants to come and clean it? 
I have the greatest abhorrence, Lin Daiyu chimed in, for Li Yi's poetical words. But there is only this line in them which I like. Leave the dry lotus leaves so as to hear the patter of the rain. And here you people deliberately mean again not to leave the dry lotus stay where they are. This is indeed a fine line, Bao Yu exclaimed. We mustn't hereafter let them pull them away. While this conversation continued, they reached the Sholi inlet under the flower-laden beach. They felt a coolness from the shady overgrowth penetrate their very bones. The decaying vegetation and the withered aquatic chestnut plants on the sandbank enhanced, to a greater degree, the beauty of the autumn scenery. Dao Lidija at this point observed some spotless rooms on the bank, so spake and so span. Are not these Miss Shear's quarters? she asked. Huh? Yes, they are, everybody answered. O Lidija promptly bade them go alongside, and wending their way up the marble steps, which seemed to lead to the clouds. They in a body entered the Hangwu court. Here they felt a peculiar perfume come wafting into their nostrils. For the colder the season got, the greener grew that strange vegetation and those fairy-like creepers. The various plants were laden with seeds, which closely resembled red coral beans, as they drooped in lovely clusters. The house, as soon as they put their foot into it, presented the aspect of a snow cave. There was a total absence of every object of ornament. On the table figured merely an earthenware vase, in which were placed several chrysanthemums. A few books and teacups were also conspicuous, but no further knick-knacks. On the bed was suspended a green gauze curtain, and of equally extreme plainness were the coverlets and mattresses belonging to it. This child, Dajalidija, sighed, is too simple. If you've got nothing to lay about, why not ask your aunt for a few articles? I would never raise any objection. I never thought about them. Your things, of course, have been left at home and have not been brought over. So saying, she told Yuan Yang to go and fetch several bric-a-brac she next went on to call Lady Feng to task. She herself wouldn't have them, Lady Feng rejoined. We really sent over a few, but she refused every one of them and returned them. In her home also, smiled Mrs. Sher. She does not go in very much for such sort of things. Old Lady Zhao nodded her head. It will never do, she added. It does, it's true, save trouble. But were some relative to come on a visit, she will find things in an impossible way. In the second place, such simplicity in the apartments of young ladies of tender age is quite unpropitious. Why, if you young people go on in this way, we old fogies should go further and live in stables. You've all heard what is said in those books and plays about the dreadful luxury with which young ladies' quarters are got up, and though these girls of ours could not presume to place themselves on the same footing as those young ladies, they shouldn't, nevertheless, exceed too much the bounds of what constitutes the right thing. If they have any objects ready at hand, why shouldn't they lay them out? 
and if they have any strong predilection for simplicity, a few things less will do quite as well. I've always had the greatest knack for tidying a room. But being an old woman now, I haven't the ease and inclination to attend to such things. These girls are, however, learning how to do things very nicely. I was afraid that there would be an appearance of vulgarity in what they did, and that even had they anything worth having, they so placed them about as to spoil them. But from what I can see, there's nothing vulgar about them. But let me now put things right for you, and I'll wager that everything will look grand as well as plain. I've got a couple of my own knickknacks, which I've managed to keep to this day, by not allowing Pao Yu to get a glimpse of them. For had he ever seen them, they too would have long ago disappeared. Continuing, she called Yun Yang, fetch that marble pot with scenery on it. She said to her, that gauze screen and that tripod of transparent stone with black streaks, which we'll find in there, and lay out all three on this table. They will be ample. Bring likewise those ink pictures and white silk curtains and change these curtains. Yuan Yuan expressed her obedience. All these articles have been put away in the eastern loft. She smiled. In what boxes they've been put, I couldn't tell. I must therefore go and find them quietly, and if I bring them over tomorrow, it will be time enough. Tomorrow or the day after will do very well, but don't forget, that's all. Dr. Lady Jia urged. While conversing, they sat for a while. Presently, they left the rooms and repaired straightway into the Jin Hall. When Guan and the other girls came up and paid their obeisance, they next inquired what songs they were to practice. You better choose a few pieces to rehearse out of those you know best, Holy Dija rejoined. Wen Guan and her companions then withdrew and betook themselves to the Lotus Fragrance Pavilion, but we will leave them there without further allusion to them. During this while, Lady Fong had already, with the help of servants, got everything in perfect order. On the left and right of the side of honor were placed two divans. These divans were completely covered with embroidered covers and fine variegated mats. In front of each divan stood two liquor teapoys, inlaid, some with designs of crab apple flowers, others of plum blossom, some of lotus leaves, others of sunflowers. Some of these teapoys were square, others round, their shapes were all different. On each was placed a set consisting of a stove and a bottle, also a box with partitions. The two divans and four teapoys in the place of honor were used by Dowager Lady Jia and Mrs. Chair. The chair and two teapoys in the next best place by Madame Wang. The rest of the inmates had all alike a chair and a teapoy. On the east side sat old Goody Liu, Below old Guji Liu came Madame Wang. On the west was seated Xi Xiangyun. The second place was occupied by Bao Chai. The third by Dai Yu. The fourth by Ying Chun. Tan Chun and Xi Chun filled the lower seats in their proper order. Bao Yu sat in the last place. The two teapoys assigned to Li Wen and Lady Feng stood within the third line of railings. 
and beyond the second row of coarse frames. The pattern of the partition boxes corresponded likewise with the pattern on the teapoys. Each inmate had a black decanter with silver inlaid in foreign designs, as well as an ornamented enameled cup. After they had all occupied the seats assigned to them, Daojali Lija took the initiative and smilingly suggested, let's begin by drinking a couple of cups of wine, but we should also have a game of forfeits today. We'll have plenty of fun then. You venerable senior must certainly have a good wine order to impose, Mrs. Cher laughingly observed. But how could we ever comply with it? But if your aim be to intoxicate us, why, we'll all straightway drink one or two cups more than is good for us and finish. Here's Mrs. Cher's beginning to be modest again today. Olidija smiled. But I expect it's because she looks down upon me as being an old hag. It isn't modesty, Mrs. Cher replied, smiling. It's all a dread, lest I shouldn't be able to observe the order and thus incur ridicule. If you don't give the right answer, Madame Wong promptly interposed with a smile, you only have to drink a cup or two more of wine, and should we get drunk, we can go to sleep, and who will, pray, laugh at us? Mrs. Cher nodded her head. I'll agree to the order, she laughed. But, dear senior, you must, after all, do the right thing and have a cup of wine to start it. This is quite natural, Holy Dijar answered laughingly, and with these words, she forthwith emptied a cup. Lady Feng, with hurried steps, advanced to the center of the room. If we are to play at forfeits, she smilingly proposed, we'd better invite Sister Yuan Yang to come and join us. The whole company was perfectly aware that if Daoja Lady Jia had to give out the rule of forfeits, Yuan Yang would necessarily have to suggest it. So the moment they heard the proposal, they, with common consent, approved it as excellent. Lady Feng, therefore, there and then dragged Yuan Yang over. As you are to take a part in the game of forfeits, Madame Wang smilingly observed, there's no reason why you should stand up. And turning her head round, bring over, she bade a young waiting maid, a chair and place it at your mistress Secondus table. Yuan Yang, half refusing and half assenting, expressed her thanks and took the seat. After partaking also a cup of wine, drinking rules, she smiled, resembled very much martial law. So, irrespective of high or low, I alone will preside. Anyone, therefore, who disobeys my words will have to suffer a penalty. Of course, it should be so, Madame Wong and the others laughed. So, be quick and give out the rule. But before Yuan Yang had as yet opened her lips to speak, Ogoji Liu left the table and waving her hand. Don't, she said, make fun of people in this way, for I will go home. This will never do, one and all smilingly protested. Yuan Yang shouted to the young wedding maids to drag her back to her table, and the maids, while also indulging in laughter, actually pulled her and compelled her to rejoin the banquet. Spare me, Ogoji Liu kept on crying, spare me. Anyone who says one word more, Yuan Yang exclaimed, will be fined a whole decanter full. 
Hokuti Liu then at length observed silence. I'll now give out a set of dominoes, Yuan Yang proceeded. I'll begin from our venerable mistress and follow down in proper order until I come to Okuji Liu, when I shall stop. So as to illustrate what I meant just now, by giving our set, I'll take these three dominoes and place them apart. You have to begin by saying something on the first, next to allude to the second, and after finishing with all three, to take the name of the whole set and match it with a line. No matter whether it be from some stanza, or roundelay, song or idiot, set phrases, or proverbs, but they must rhyme, and anyone making a mistake will be mocked in one cup. This rule is splendid. Begin at once, they all exclaimed. I've got a set, Yuan Yuan pursued. On the left is the piece Heaven, that is, twelve dots. Above head stretches the blue heaven, Lady Jia said. Good, shouted everyone. In the center is a five and six, Yuan Yuan resumed. The fragrance of the plum blossom pierces the bones on the bridge. Six, Olidija added. There now remains, Yuan Yuan explained, one piece, the six, and one. From among the freezy clouds issues the wheel-like Wuset sun. Lidija continued. The whole combined, Yuan Yuan observed, forms the devil with disheveled hair. This devil clasps the leg of the Zhongkui devil, Olidija observed. At the conclusion of her recitation, they all burst out laughing. Capital, they shouted. Olidija drained a cup. Yuan Yang then went on to remark, I've got another set. The one on the left is a double five. But after bud of the plum bloom dances in the wind, Mrs. She replied, the one on the right is a ten spot, Yuan Yuan pursued. In the tenth moon, the plum bloom on the hills emits its fragrant smell. Mrs. She added, The middle piece is the two and five, making the unlike seven, Yuan Yuan observed. The spinning damsel star meets the cowherd on the eve of the seventh day of the seventh moon, Mrs. She said. Together they form Heiliang strolls on the five mounts, Yuan Yuan continued. Mortals cannot be as happy as immortals, Mrs. She rejoined. Her answers over, the whole company extolled them and had a drink. I've got another set, Yuan Yuan once more exclaimed. On the left are distinctly the distant dots of the double A's. Both sun and moon are so suspended as to shine on heaven and earth. Cheng Yun ventured. On the right are a couple of spots, far apart, which clearly form one and one, Yuan Yuan pursued. What time a lonesome flower falls to the ground, no sound is audible, Cheng Yun rejoined. In the middle there is the one and four, Yuan Yang added. The red apricot tree is planted by the sun, and leans against the clouds, Cheng Yun answered. Together, they found the cherry fruit ripens for the ninth time, Yuan Yuan said. In the imperial garden, it is packed by birds, Xiang Yun replied. When she had done with her part, she drank a cup of wine. I've got another set, Yuan Yuan began. The one on the left 
is a double three. The swallows, pair by pair, chatter on the beams, Bao Chan remarked. The right piece is a six, Yuan Yang added. The marsh flower is stretched by the breeze even to the length of a green sash, Bao Chan returned. The centerpiece is a three and six, making a nine spot, Yuan Yuan pursued. The three hills tower half beyond the sewer's skies, Bao Chai rejoined. Lumped together, they form a chain-bound solitary boat, Yuan Yang resumed. Where there are wind and waves, there I feel sad, Bao Chai answered. When she had finished her turn and drained her cup, Yuan Yang went on again. On the left, she said, there is a heaven, a morning fine and beauteous scenery. But alas, what a day for me, Dai Yu replied. When this line fell on Bao Chai's ear, she turned her head round and cast a glance at her. But Dai Yu was so nervous lest she should have to pay a forfeit that she did not so much as notice her. In the middle, there's the color of the embroidered screen, that is, ten spots, four and six. It's beautiful. Yuan proceeded. Not even Hong Niang to the ghost window comes. Any message to bring? Dai Yu responded. There now remains a two and six. Eight in all, Yuan resumed. Tries to see the JD throne when let in to perform the court ritual. Dai Yu replied. Together they form a basket suitable for putting plucked flowers in. Yuan continued, The fairy wing smells nice, as on it hangs a peony. Dai Yu retorted. At the close of her replies, she took a sip of wine. Yuan then resumed. On the left, she said, There's a four and five, making a different combined nine. The peach blossoms bear heavy drops of rain. Ying Chun remarked, the company laughed. She must be fined, they exclaimed. She has made a mistake in the rhyme. Besides, it isn't right. Ying Chun smiled and drank a sip. The fact is that both Lady Feng and Yuan Yang were so eager to hear the funny things that would be uttered by Old Guji Liu that they with one voice purposely ruled that everyone answered wrong and fined them. When it came to Madame Wong's turn, Yuan Yang recited something for her. Next followed O Guti Liu. When we country people have got nothing to do, O Guti Liu said, a few of us too often come together and play this sort of game. But the answers we give are not so high flown, yet as I can't get out of it, I'll likewise make a try. It's easy enough to say what there is, one and all laughed. So just you go on and don't mind. On the left, Yuan Yang smiled. There's a double four, that is, man. Guti Liu listened intently, after considerable reflection. It's a peasant, she cried. One and all in the room blurted out laughing. Well said, Daoja Lilija observed with a laugh. That's the way. All we country people know, Guti Liu proceeded, also laughing, is just what comes within our own rough and ready wits. So, young ladies and ladies, pray, don't poke fun at me. In the center, there's the three and four, green matched with red, 
Yuan Yang pursued. The large fire burns the hairy caterpillar. Ogo de Liu ventured. This will do very well, the party laughed. Go on with what is in your line. On the right, Yuan Yuan smilingly continued, There's one and four, and it's really pretty. A turnip and a head of garlic, Ogo de Liu answered. This reply evoked further laughter from the whole company. Altogether is a twig of flowers. Yuan Yuan added laughing. The flower dropped, and a huge melon formed. Ogo de Liu observed, while gesticulating with both her hands by way of illustration. The party once more exploded in loud merriment. But reader, if you entertain any curiosity to hear what else was said during the banquet, listen to the explanation given in the next chapter. End of section 31